from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. Petrangelo scores! Two markers for Petrangelo! This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, your destination for inside access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here are your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Welcome in Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports, Las Vegas, Wallace, Millard, Chapman inside the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports, Las Vegas Studios, Finley Chevrolet on the 215, home of the... Nicely done after a big win last night in Colorado. Weird how that uh, works. You, You struggle... You're finding your game, but you're continuing to lose, and then you go up against the best opponent that you faced all year, and you play your best game. And I watched the game back again today. There are some chances for the Colorado Avalanche, but, boy, did they play it well in the Vegas Golden Knights defensively and found a way to, to score a couple of goals. That was uh, that was an impressive result, but just as impressive of a performance last night by the Golden Knights. Yeah, 100%. I thought the Golden Knights had their blueprint. They had their game plan thoroughly in in place. And for Vegas, uh, it was interesting how quickly the frustration started to set in for the Colorado Avalanche. I I think kind of some carryover from the playoffs last year, but also just the fact that Colorado, it wasn't easy against Vegas last night. Vegas mucked up the neutral zone. They, They challenged zone entries at the blue line and just generally played a connected and well-done defensive style of hockey, and, and that seemed to really frustrate Colorado, and the Golden Knights took advantage of some opportunities they had on the other on the other end. Your point about taking away the neutral zone from the Avalanche is, is well made. There is a point in the second period, late in the second period, and it was before before the the big hit and uh, and then the avalanche uh, being able to to score their first goal at 2-1 so it was it was 2-nothing for vegas and they were they were having uh, a good game and enjoying the way that it was going and nate mckinnon was the first man back into his own zone took the puck from kemper and made this swoop and i was doing the old alex petrangelo oh boy and as he picked up the puck and wouldn't you know it that nate, nate mckinnon made a long pass up. And I thought, that's different. Now they've got him really thinking because it wasn't working when he was carrying the puck up by him, by himself. And now he's making these 80-foot stretch passes when he could skate the puck almost uh, as fast up there and dish it off. And it, it wasn't the way you would ever draw up a Colorado Avalanche breakout with Nate McKinnon controlling the puck. And that was kind of a big point in, in the game that told me that, that Vegas had the Colorado Avalanche on their heels. Yeah, 100%. And it, you just didn't see the speed and and really the creativity in the game of the Colorado Avalanche. I thought the Golden Knights did a great job taking that away from Colorado. And, you know, when, when the Avalanche got their opportunities, Robin Leonard was incredibly strong in net. He, he seemed to swallow every puck that got to him. And, and the ones that didn't, he put them in the right spot. And his team in front of him really did a great job getting to any rebounds that were there. And, you know, you, you look at it for 60 minutes, that was a team effort connected and, and focused. And, you know, the Golden Knights in that game absolutely deserved that win. Uh, Petrangelo was great. Uh, the misfits were outstanding, really uh, valuable in the third period when Pete DeBoer uh, 
challenged uh, the Colorado Avalanche with his best line that was available. Uh, Darren Elliott's got a great uh, board coming up on the pregame show on the TV side that just illustrates uh, how much ice time that Pete DeBoer gave to his his best line, and they were they were the best line. It's like there were some whispers, and you and I talked about it uh, whether or not Pete DeBoer would look at breaking up the Misfits going into that game last night, and I was I was on board with taking a look at, at a different formation with the forward units. In the end, maybe Pete DeBoer uh, is is right on the money with the best uh, change that you make is the one that you don't make. <laughs> yeah, and, and, you know, we know how good that line is defensively, right? And, and I think that that goes a long way into making the decision to not split them up. When you have three guys that are just so dogged on the pocket and can frustrate other players as much as as they can i i understand the idea and, and i understand the thought process and not breaking up that line um, even if you're looking for more offense you've still got to defend you've still got to make sure that you're holding the opposition to as few chances as possible especially when offense right now for you is at a premium so i understood the reasoning behind it i understood the thought process behind process behind it and the result caught up to the process last night for the golden knights uh, carlson was awesome Riley Smith was outstanding. That That's the best game I've seen him play in a long time. Best game of the year by far. I, I thought Riley was just so, so good. I, I mean, I I know that we're not going to, like, we're not going to get so far deep into the, in the, into the power play, but Riley Smith nearly scores a power play goal on the doorstep in front of the net. Like, there were multiple ways that Riley impacted the game last night. He was engaged from the get-go. He was phenomenal. I liked how aggressive Vegas was, and not just from a on-ice perspective, but from a coaching side of it. They shortened the bench in, in a back-to-back scenario, which is something that coaches normally would try their best to stay away from. But Pete DeBoer went the opposite way, looking for that win, needing a win. And I know it didn't result in a goal, but calling the timeout in the middle of the uh, the three-minute power play showed me how important that next goal and that power play goal was going to be uh, coming out of it. You you saw just a, uh, a higher sense of urgency out of that game than the the schedule would necessarily dictate inside of the first 10 games. Well, yeah, I, I think in a normal circumstance for sure, but for the Golden Knights, they were hunting a win, right? Like okay. this is a team that is not used to being 1-4-0 to start the year. Uh, you you get in yourself into a situation where you're playing well, you have a lead in the third period, and that's that's been kind of a period over the last couple of games where games have gotten away from you, where, where you've you've maybe gotten less out of those games than you should have in, in standings points because that's where the game turned. I love the idea of Pete DeBoer going all in on the first half of the back-to-back, securing that first win because I think winning is contagious. Winning is something that everyone wants to do, and you get that one out of the way. I think it it, it puts you in in a better position today going into this game against Dallas. Even though you might be a little bit more tired, you're in a position where you're coming off a win. You're feeling good. You're feeling confident in the game plan, and that's important for the Golden Knights. Do you think uh, Pete DeBoer, Steve Spott, and the coaching staff call that timeout if they're four and one instead of one and four in the third period? Hmm. You know, that's an interesting one. I, I think I don't they, think they do. <laughs> I, I think I, that's a especially what what really made well, me surprised about it was that they were leading and they called the timeout, and that showed you the value of the win. 
Well, I I think the circumstances are interesting, right? Because the Golden Knights haven't scored a power play goal. You mm-hmm. take the you take the timeout in the middle of the power play because I, I think you're hunting that goal too. You're hunting a win. You're hunting the goal. You're trying to get everything drawn up as best you can to find that next piece to put it away. Um, I, I think that in that moment, given the context of the game, you score, you put it away. And and to me, uh, it, whether it's 4-1 four, four and one on the year, whether it's 1-4 and four on the year, if you come into this game without power play goals, you have an opportunity to put the game away with power play. I think they call the timeout regardless. Uh, it was a weird game. They scored three goals uh, in that magical game to three that Pete talks about all the time. Uh, I, I still am not totally sure who scored the first one. Uh, because I, I thought that William Carlson got a stick on it. Uh, well, great job following it up. Uh, but it did go, it went to Carlson, then to Riley Smith, and then back to Carlson. And then the empty netter. I, <laughs> it looked like Dadanov, Dadanov was going to make a play for it after he passed it back uh, and gave it to mm-hmm. Keegan Kolasar. Well, he did. He, he's credited with the goal. Yeah, but, like, why? It's, I, I don't know. I, I mean, you'd have to ask him, right? Like, I don't know what was going through Dadanov's mind, but uh, yeah, that was that was one of the strangest and most interesting. Uh, it looked like Kolasar scored it. Well, he he directed the puck toward the net, but D- Dadanov's stick touched the puck before it went in. He's officially credited with the goal. I know, but it did. It 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 looked like he made a play for it, but it didn't look like he actually touched it. No, and he did. they were they were wiggling back and forth, and they were giggling uh, about it as they they skated away. It, a strange empty net goal. Hmm. Yeah, it was a it was a weird it was a weird night for goals. I, I guess that that'd be the best way to to put it. Um, you know, Riley Smith. I I still don't understand, as you mentioned, how that goal went in. I still don't understand how William Carlson didn't factor in at all because I, I could swear that I saw that that follow through with with Carlson on on the play. But um, it doesn't really matter who scored them, and it doesn't really matter how they got into the net. The fact of the matter, they did, and the Golden Knights came out with a three one win. Now they face the Dallas Stars tonight, a pregame show coming up in less than half an hour with uh, Ryan Wallace and then Dan Duva and Gary Lawless are on the ground in Dallas uh, for the call. Uh, Vegas uh, with some travel snafus today. Uh, And last night uh, they were originally scheduled to fly out of Denver to Dallas uh, after the game uh, against the Avalanche. Instead uh, flew this afternoon and arrived in Dallas and went straight to the airport. Very unusual in the National Hockey League. Uh, in fact, there's uh, rules in place where uh, you, you can't plan on flying on the day of the game. Sometimes there's weather or there's uh, issues uh, with the travel that force you to do that, but uh, you can't plan on doing it. And uh, the Vegas Golden Knights will, will travel and play on the same day. And uh, I don't know whether that's a good thing because you just don't have any time to think. You just land and you play, and uh, and you're going on autopilot. Or is there something to it that uh, that disrupts the the routine of the day? I mean, we'll see, right? Like that's that's going to be the the big thing to look at in this game is how did the travel affect the Golden Knights, or how will the travel from from yesterday and today affect Vegas in this game? But you know, I, I think the the fact of the matter is, right now you've got a team that should be feeling fairly good about their game regardless of who's in the lineup and each game over the last four has been a steady progression to getting better and if the golden knights continue to to play in the same manner i like their chances regardless of the travel i i i really think that you you get yourself into an opportunity where you score a couple of early goals you ride that momentum maybe a little bit more adrenaline than you would have initially um 
you trust in, in your defense and you trust in your goaltending to, to ride you through the rest of the way. Uh, sounds like we're going to get Laurent Brossois with his first VGK start of his career. Yeah, and I think that makes a lot of sense, right? Like you're you're in a back-to-back situation. I, Robin Leonard did his job. He gets the win last night, and you you went out and you spent money on a on a quality NHL backup because you need quality starts from your backup throughout the year to keep Robin Leonard fresh. So um, this is a big test for Laurent Brassois, but it's one where um, I think he's going to be equal to the task and ready to go. What uh, what do you know about Laurent Brassois? What can you tell us uh, about the player that that we're going to see? And and the goaltending side of it has been uh, stable from a starter standpoint for the Vegas Golden Knights. We know all about uh, Mark Andre Fleury's tenure, but uh, this is a this is a different look with Robin Leonard being the number one guy and now uh, a new backup brought in. Yeah, I mean, I think for me with Brassois, it's it's just steady, right? Like he's got poise in the crease. He allows plays to develop, and and he's in the right spot. I, I don't feel like there's too big or vast a difference in how Robin Leonard plays the position versus how Brassois plays the position. You you read and react and you're in the right spot and pucks tend to hit Brassois. Um, throughout preseason, I was impressed by his glove. I, I thought his glove was really strong. And, uh, you know, for me, what you're looking for is uh, a backup goalie to go in and give you a chance to win. And throughout his career, he's given his team's chances to win night in and night out. That's what makes a quality NHL backup. It's really the last piece of this off-season puzzle that was put together by Kelly McCrimmon and George McPhee in the Hockey Operations Department uh, that we get to see is is how will Laurent Brassois react uh, to playing every five games or six games. The most he's ever played in a season is 21. Uh, he's mm-hmm. played as, yep. as few in a full season. He's played as few as, as 14. He's right in that area. Uh, so seven game swing. Do you think he plays more than 21 with the Golden Knights this year? So ordinarily, I, I would say that's probably the number that he lands on, right? Like what we've seen out of the Golden Knights in the past is that your starter goes somewhere in the ballpark of 60 to 65 games, which is is right around that 20 game mark for your backup. With Brossois, I think that early on in the season the starts are going to be fewer and further between but as mm. this this schedule starts to condense more and more closer to and then after the olympic break uh, that number is likely going to go up I, I would imagine he's somewhere in the ballpark of 25 games so 63 would be the number if uh, brassois plays 21 uh, 63 would be the number for robin leonard that sounds high to me yeah yeah, no, I, I, I'm 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 thinking 25 to 28 is, yeah. is probably the sweet spot for Brossois. And if he can get up to a, a solid start and earn more starts, more appearances, that's only going to mean better things uh, out of Robin Leonard uh, down the, the stretch. So uh, this this while it's his first start uh, and it's on a back to back and. There's the travel. Like there's a there's a lot of things that uh, that add up to being this a prototypical backup start. Uh, it's also an important start for Brassois in his tenure and maybe dictating how many looks he does get. Well, yeah, I, I mean, this is an opportunity for Brassois, right? Like in in Winnipeg, I think you you always understand and you know that 
that you've got Connor Hellebuck. And, and as much as Connor Hellebuck wants to play, that's what that's ultimately what's going to dictate how many starts you get as a backup. And for me, this is an opportunity where you, you have a starter in Robin Leonard who is no stranger to tandems and 1A, 1B situations who's looking for a higher workload. But the fact of the matter is you want Leonard fresh going into the playoffs. So, you know, I, I look at it as a great opportunity for Brossois. As, as much confidence as he can build and as much confidence as the coaching staff has in him to come in and give you great starts, uh, the more opportunity he's going to get to play because it'll it'll impact and make better Robin Leonard's starts and his quality starts, and that will, will bring about a better hockey team. Leonard gets tonight off. Laurent Brossois going against the Dallas Stars for the Vegas Golden Knights, trying to win a uh, second straight game for the Vegas Golden Knights. And uh, then it'll be Leonard, I anticipate, back in net on Friday night, Nevada Day, 5 o'clock start uh, at T-Mobile Arena. And if you want to go to that game and watch the Vegas Golden Knights face the Anaheim Ducks, uh, we have tickets available, two tickets right now. Uh, pick a number, and uh, we'll give that uh, lucky caller the two tickets to see the Anaheim Ducks and the Vegas Golden Knights on the VGK Insider Show. You know what? We're uh, we're actually going to go two for one here. We're going to give two tickets what? away. Two, so two pairs of tickets, essentially. We're going to go with caller number eight and caller number nine. Caller number eight, you will win a pair of tickets to Friday's game. Caller number nine, you will also win a pair of tickets to Friday's game. What's the phone number? 702-876-1340 is the number. You know, you just made Chapman's life hellish. Picking well, back-to-back callers because he's going to have Chapman. to take caller eight, put them on hold, and then take caller yep. nine, put them on hold, go back and get the information for caller eight, and then get the information for caller number nine. It'll be all right. It'll be <laughs> fine. I know. I know he uh, can do it. Oh, uh, so the 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 misfits were great last night. Uh, the goaltending was great last night. What's your take now after seeing uh, Daniil Miramanov for a couple of games? Is he now? So, <laughs> is he now the guy that? would stay in when they get healthy? Oh, man, that's that's an interesting not full, question. Not full I, health. I mean, White Cloud and, and Martinez are, are back in. But when, when one of them comes back, who comes out? Yeah, that's a really interesting question. I would I would have said initially after the before the, the two games that Daniil Miramanov played in the NHL that it would probably be Miramanov. Uh, but I've liked his game. I've, I've really enjoyed watching him play. In his own zone, there's poise. There's a lack of panic in in his reads. He doesn't just go back for a puck and fling it up the boards, hoping to make a play. He he settles it. He takes his time. He makes his read, um, and he's not afraid to to try to go out there and make some plays. Uh, Dylan Coughlin's been fine, but I I think at this point right now – I want to see a little bit more of what Daniil Miramanov has, so that would probably be him in the lineup, staying in the lineup, and um, Coglin might be my odd man out just until I see everything or, or more of what I want to see from Daniil Miramanov. What have you liked the most about Miramanov? Um, the fact that he doesn't appear to be lost in the defensive zone, if I'm being honest yeah. with you. Right? No, no, like, no, that's, that's it, a great pickup because that was the uh, hindrance. Anything yeah. anybody you talk to going into his debut was uh, great offensive instincts. He used to be a forward, yada, 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 except he needs to learn how to defend, and he's not mm-hmm. ready necessarily to defend at the National Hockey League level. His ability, and he's, and he's with a great partner right now, but that ability to defend in their own zone 
hasn't been an issue in the two games that he's played. No, not at all. And and the fact that he is is in a position where he's proving in his own zone, he's he's okay, he's fine at this level, and then still has the ability to pick his spots in the offensive zone and make some things happen. Um, it, it excites you about the player because the the shortcoming isn't there through the first two games. And the upside of what he brings offensively has shown up in, in an assist on the opening goal for the Golden Knights yesterday. So uh, you just continue to hope that Daniil Miramanov rides this wave as long as he can and the Golden Knights keep benefiting from it. Uh, on the Chandler Stevenson goal, they came out of their zone and it was Miramanov that became the third guy in the rush and got mm-hmm. the puck and carried the puck up and uh, and into the zone they got settled he picked up an assist on it it was one of those assists where he had a shot blocked and then uh, McNabb got the shot through and Stevenson poked it in but that whole play and the transition actually started with Miran Manov not hesitating at all and making that rush no he's an assertive hockey player and I think that that's important especially on a team right now or, or a team over the last couple of games where um you know, maybe confidence was shaken a bit. You need somebody that's assertive. You need somebody that isn't really afraid to make a mistake or make a play, and that's what Miramanov's provided for this team. Congratulations to Michael and Michael. Now, Chapman, <laughs> is that a typo? Because I'm a Studio 31 getting ready for the television. No, no, broadcast. no. Both uh, both guys were Michael. First so guys, callers first, eight and nine were, were both, both Michael. Michael. Yeah, first guy said Mike. Second guy was Michael. So. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, kind of cool. Uh, that is sad. That is very cool. Uh, rating for the game. And, Michael, and Michael, congratulations. You guys will uh, win two tickets to see the Anaheim Ducks and the Vegas Golden Knights Friday afternoon. Note the early start time. Uh, rating for last night's game against the Colorado Avalanche. Let's start with uh, Wallace. Yeah, rating for me is a good one. It's a, it's a ghost pepper. Um, I'm not wow. going all the way to a Carolina Reaper just yet. Um, but I think the way the Golden Knights defended – the way Robin Leonard played, the contributions you got up and down the lineup, I, I just look at that game as, as one that perhaps turns the corner for this club in, in understanding what they need to do in order to win hockey games. It's a ghost pepper for me. They were phenomenal. Chapman, what say you? I'm with Ryan. Ghost pepper as well. It's it's obviously not a Carolina Reaper, but they needed to get off the schneid. They got a big win against a good team that they're going to be competing against coming down, you know, later in the season for maybe the, the number one seed in the Western Conference. But uh, something that that, that, I, that really stood out to me was was Nick Hague. Like, he is growing up right before our eyes. Like, he, he was a guy, remember, last year, he, he was still a kid. He's a man now. And that defensive play he made on the Landeskog wraparound that probably should have tied the game, mm-hmm. getting his stick in front of it, that might be the play of the season so far for the Golden Knights because there's no telling what happens if that if that puck goes in. Does Colorado all of a sudden awaken now that they've scored two straight? But I thought his play was really good. And, and shout out to Nick Waugh because whether or not the, 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 the hit by Jack Johnson was, was good or not, the fact that Nick Waugh was right there and basically told Jack Johnson, I don't care how old you are. You see Johnson's man. eyes? Yeah, yeah. He was like, look, old man. I don't care how long you've been playing the game. You're not going to pull that with my teammate. And, and, and you know, Nick Waugh, another young guy who, who really is, is he's, a, he's a man now. So it's, it's kind of fun to watch the young guys growing up. But uh, good game. I think they still have some issues to, to hammer out in some areas. But overall, very impressive win. That's an elder abuse that you're talking there, talking smack about old people. Well, it's Jack Johnson. I mean, 
but the, the look in his eyes, I think he was a little surprised that, that Nick Wall was coming flying in he, there because he thought it was a good hit. Jack, Jack Johnson was wondering where all the good people went. Uh, that's a, a solid point. I believe it was Nick Waugh's first fight of his career. In the NHL, yep. As well, yeah. Uh, so uh, did uh, account for himself very well. Uh, the, the play by Nick Hag, good, solid point. Uh, I thought he was great considering he picked up a couple of early penalties. That can cause uh, a night to go from bad to worse to really ugly or not a lot of ice time at all but uh, he he settled down and uh, and was was good for the for the win uh, last night i i don't know what you guys i don't know what it takes to get a carolina reaper but i'm going there today uh mm-hmm. because just the significance of the win and needing the win and where this uh this program is right now with all the injuries and beating uh the the colorado avalanche on the road uh that was a strong performance and given the the timing of it you you are right to the top of the list. So you guys go four out of five. Uh, I'm going I'm going right to the top. Uh, there's no better win than that. Uh, five out of five with a Carolina Reaper. I'll allow it. That's fine. The first one of the year. I don't get any props yeah. for that. Well, we just we always kind of figured you'd be the first one of the year. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Reaper. Oh, yeah. yeah. Seriously, yeah. you guys have talked about that behind my back? No, no, no. No, not behind your back. I think it was no, just assumed, and I think all the listeners. No, no, no. It no. Was... Didn't, didn't we talk about this on the air? You were like, who's going to give oh, the yeah, most? Oh, yeah, that's right. Who's going to yeah. give the who's most go- bell peppers? But I think it was who's, who Carolina was going to give Reapers. the most. I don't think it was who yeah. was going to give the first. But I think in in our implication that you would give the most, it, it, mm. implied, it was implied that you were yeah. going to, yeah. to give the first one, too. And I wow. always like when I can throw a, a, a really corny Jack Johnson joke in. No, we, we, we heard it. You don't have to reference it five times. No, well, that, 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 that recycled on, Jack whoa, whoa, whoa. Johnson joke <laughs> is, is worthy <laughs> of, of a Carolina Reaper all on its own. Did you Did you get it? Darren? Uh, no, I didn't get it. I just assumed it was oh, okay. a line of something because of the way he delivered it. Yeah, it's a Jack Johnson song. No, but nobody's serving Jack Johnson banana pancakes <laughs> in the locker room. <laughs> uh, what do you guys think happens tonight then? That's a really interesting question. Uh, I, I mean, it's interesting, right? Because like the the Dallas Stars um, are not going to be as frustrated early on, I think, as the Colorado Avalanche. It's going to be a different game, uh, but I think it's going to be one of those two-to-one, three-to-two type games. And for the Golden Knights, your hope is that they find one more than the other team. And it's Who crazy have- crazy to think that this is the first time these two teams have played since the Western Conference Finals back in the bubble. The bubble. Uh, who do you have on the pregame show, Wallace? Oh, I got Jesse Granger with The Athletic and Dan mm-hmm. Duva at uh, ah. 5 o'clock, so you're not going to want to miss that. No. Uh, Duva and Granger on the pregame show ahead of the Vegas Golden Knights against the Dallas Stars on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Uh, abbreviated show today, but we're with you for the full two hours tomorrow, uh, leading into uh, a great uh, date against the Anaheim Ducks. Three-game week for the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, middle game is today. Enjoy it, and we'll chat with you tomorrow on the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas.